Atonement for Me, Episode 81, Biggest Collab Yet. Hey Magical Misfits, it's Caden Ivy and welcome back to Atonement for Me. It's definitely been a minute. Um, there was a lot of things that kind of came up in the last little bit that I'm going to talk about, but I just kind of wanted to do a little bit of background explaining before I get to the big announcement. So, growing up and all through my young adult years, I always said that I never, ever wanted children. And... I did not want children at the time, but I had so much trauma around being adopted, being um, a visible minority in a very, very Eurocentric town, as well as really struggling with where I belong, what unconditional love was, and what really a family unit was. So it's a lot easier to always say, no, I never want kids, as opposed to be like, actually, I have a lot of deep-seated fears and traumas surrounding family to begin with that I am terrified of the concept. And I never really told anybody or discussed any of that with other people because it's because as soon as you say you don't want kids, people try to convince you that you do. And that that's not the issue that I, that I was trying to kind of bring up. The issue is my insecurities, my fears, my traumas, not let's just, you'll be fine. Just figure it out. You'll, you'll want kids eventually. Biologically, you'll want kids. And it's just like, okay. But the issue that I'm having right now is mentally growing up being always kind of separate, your identifier being adopted, people having abortion debates in high school and saying that anybody who is adopted should have been aborted anyways because they're not wanted. All of those things kind of float around your head a lot and knowing how alone and scared you were growing up, that's really scary to put on another human being. And if you haven't squared that away for yourself, you have nothing to offer anybody else. So as previously stated, I have had several pregnancies and multiple miscarriages. And that started off when I was pretty young, I think the first time was, I was maybe 20, 21. And there's so little support around having a miscarriage. And even there's so little support in when you even bring that up to like friends or family members, because almost every woman that you will bring it up to will have a similar situation. And it's just, yeah, well, that's life. That's what it is. There's no resolve to that. It's just a fact of life that you have almost no context for how to deal with. And then 
insecurities within a relationship. And if you don't trust your partner completely to um, be a parent or be a supportive partner or even be there for you and not think that you're going to be taking on something by yourself is is a mountainous undertaking and an incredible burden to bring with you. And even the first time that I got pregnant, I burst into tears when I found out because all I could think of was, what if it's a girl and what if she looks like me? And that's my fault because I would have given her that. And she would have suffered the same things in life that I did, purely based on the way that she looks, the color of her skin, the shape of her eyes. And that's not fair. That's not fair to put on anybody. And that's not fair to carry around that guilt as a parent or as a human being and know that that was something that you were part and parcel to. And that absolutely terrified me. And even though at the time their father would have been white, the fact that my consolation and my relief in that situation was they might be more white. And that colonial mentality of breeding out your brown features it's really difficult to explain to another person who hasn't even been able to conceptualize that and then to trivialize that because it's, again, just a fact of life. I've been in situations where where I was specifically told that I was to have a baby or a girl <laughs> within this time frame as if that was my only function and that's also scary because you have it in your head well I guess like I guess that's what ex is expected of me I guess that's what I'm supposed to do But then, and then knowing you have to do it alone. Because I've, I've been pregnant, I've had partners be like, can you not get sick around me? Like, your puking is making me really nauseous. And well, why are you so tired all the time? And like, I was the only one working. And it's exhausting uh, carrying that burden by yourself while carrying another person and carrying your family along, I, I felt that I made the responsible choice in not having a child in that scenario. And I also was completely berated for it. I was berated for my morning sickness, being told that, well, my baby mama never had an issue she was perfect the entire time so it's clearly something wrong with you 
or clearly you weren't made to have kids because like this is an issue or if I lost a child then you killed my baby you have no empathy for what I'm going through you killed my baby and that's also really difficult to go along with because you're already struggling with hormones and grief and exhaustion and physical pain and then to be put on top that you are lesser because of this is ridiculous and scary. It's also really scary to be kind of a brown girl navigating that medical system by herself. And when that happens, your options are get rid of your child. And it is, especially if you're seen as a single brown woman, those are your options. And that's what's expected. And that's never been an issue for any of my friends who are white and who got pregnant. They didn't have to worry about that. They didn't have to worry about their care. And they didn't have the same judgment of being irresponsible put on them. And when you add all that together, you don't want to have to bring that up into the situation of every time somebody asks you when you're going to have a family, you're not going to just word vomit all of what I just said. You're just going to be like, no, I don't want kids. No, I don't. And about 50% of that was the partner that I was with at the time. And I didn't trust them enough to be a parent. And I didn't trust them enough to stay around or be kind or compassionate or supportive. And I knew that in the back of my head. And that really, really drove me to be like, absolutely not. We, I can barely take care of myself. This is not something that I want. And then being older, I think the only person that I told all of that to was actually Tyler. And I know how much he wanted kids and how much being a father meant to him that it was actually the first time that I had reconsidered and thought about having a family and being able to have a loving and supported family and kind of let some of those insecurities kind of drop because I trusted him and I trusted him enough to be like no, I'm trusting you with not only myself, but with another human being. And that's really, really big. And then after Tyler was gone and I met Donald, Donald's entire existence is being a dad and being a father to Malik and Kira, whether they are biologically his or not. It is part of his essence it's part of his soul it's just who he is and that's something that I could trust and that is something that 
I could let my guard down around. So I'm actually going to go and get Donald and bring him in for a second so we can make an announcement. So I brought Donald for to make our big announcement because <laughs> it involves the both of us since it's pretty much our biggest collab ever. <laughs> and <laughs> probably the craziest thing that I will ever make. <laughs> Definitely most labor intensive exactly thing that, that I will exactly ever make. That. But we are having a baby. baby. We are having a little baby. Um, we're due on... start little. Well, yeah. But <laughs> we're due Valentine's Day of 2023. And we found out on Father's Day of this year. Because we only do things on, on days. Yeah, we yeah. all we yeah. we specifically Can't just be Tuesday. It specifically has to correlate <laughs> with holidays. All the major milestones yeah. have to correlate well, with Well I mean my birthday's International Women's Day, so this only makes sense. Okay. This only makes <laughs> sense. <laughs> it only makes sense. Somehow <laughs> it just Because fifty percent of the relationship yeah. has an internationally recognized day as a birthday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we're, we are we are super excited. Super excited. And We're super happy for our little balloon. Uh, yes, we've been calling little baby a little baby balloon. Little balloon. Um it's definitely it's been a rough one. <laughs> it's not easy. It's, it is not easy. It's definitely a learning curve for the both of us. <laughs> Seeing as a you learning curve. Well, you you have kids, but you weren't there for that part of their their life and their development, and <laughs> development. Well, it's true. Yeah. And I've only had partial developments <laughs> of this sort on my end, so it's still a new experience it's, for the both of us. It's going to be a learning curve. Well, yeah, and it's just he's been so supportive through the whole thing, which makes such a difference to be doing it as like a unit as opposed to the onus completely falling on me for absolutely everything which can be super super overwhelming um it's nice to have somebody completely understand that i have baby brain and literally my mind is a sieve I mean, and it will I have baby brain too though. you i <laughs> Well, arguably, he might have worse baby brain than I do. <laughs> so, I try to remember things. Um, the two of us or are partially remember things. Kind so of like partially remember the other part. Stumble through things. Hopefully, thing the the fragments that each of us have <laughs> will somehow become a baby. I was just hoping for like remembering appointments, <laughs> but uh, a baby would uh, be good. Uh, too. Like, uh, it's like a game, like different fragments come together and it makes something. Oh, that was that was my medication alarm because I have a lot of anti-nausea medication. Hopefully, we're actually as of today, we are officially in the second, second trimester. trimester. So, fingers crossed that the nausea so. somewhat <laughs> subsides. Even a little bit would be great. 
because um, I am actually on meds every four hours for nausea, which doesn't help with the fatigue when you're getting up every four hours to take meds. I have set the alarm, but Donald helps me with that as well. Try to stay up and remind you. <laughs> but we are stumbling through it. We are super, super happy. This, it's really important for us that we have such a loving and supportive and safe environment for our child. So it really is important to us that we have those supports and we have like that foundation. We just, I don't know, feels better. We know what to do. <clears throat> feels better. We know what to do. Yeah. I don't know. In my 20s, I probably wouldn't, wouldn't be as... I'd be involved, but not as involved with different aspects that... I don't think mentally and emotionally I would have been prepared if this was 10 years ago. Yeah, no. I feel like I'm in a lot more stable and comfortable situation that I feel like I have something that I can give and... And a part of me that can nurture and be protective and help a, help a little baby, little baby drip, little drippy babies, <laughs> just baby drip, baby drip. Go to daycare and school, just dripped out. Yeah, so there's a lot of pregnancy around this house. <laughs> like one of our dogs is actually in labor as we speak. So. <laughs> That's why it has been a minute since we last recorded, and we are about to document a really crazy and exciting new adventure in our lives. We're yeah. going to make Sheldon film the whole birth. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just the tea. 